gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. Court is now in session. With me, as always, is the man who, if you're driving along on a pleasant fall day, reminiscing about fond memories from childhood and just thinking general pleasant thoughts, and all of a sudden a blue turtle shell comes out of nowhere, slams into your car, and spins you out to the side of the road, he's probably the guy who threw it. Mr. Drew Celestino. Accurate and, uh... The proper mark that I am for the character, I will totally drive by staring you down with the Luigi Death Stare. Luigi Death Stare. As I pass you and take first place. Luigi Death Stare needs to be in every game on Nintendo Switch. I, I Every game. I, I don't even care if it's not a Nintendo game. I'm okay with all of this. It works in so many situations. <laughs> I, I've, I've given it on the, and actually driving. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all given it at one point or another. Yeah. Uh, how you doing today, sir? Okay. How was your week? It's okay. It's okay? See, it's better than yes. You, like, you seem see, a little optimistic about this past week. You know, it's funny. I am, but yet it was very... Uh, uh, Go ahead. I don't say, say it was boring. I don't want to say uneventful, but yet somehow I'm okay with it. All right. So there it's you go. It's okay for stuff not to happen. It is. It is. Yeah. Maybe maybe I have too much going on. I don't know. Hard to say. All righty. Um, let me think. What happened since last we spoke? Um, well, no, the night before last episode, I was in Toronto. I think I told you about all yep, that. you did. So that happened, and now we're on to the next week. And then day by day, man, yeah, it was pretty chill. Went up to dinner a couple times. Uh, we hit um, the Acropolis on Elmwood on restaurant night or restaurant week or whatever last weekend. It's okay. I thought restaurant week was during the summertime. No, man, it's it's in the fall. All right. So... It was okay. Uh, good, not great. So cool. that's, that's my what, uh, concise guess, review. I'm guessing it's a Greek. Greek, yeah. Restaurant. The, by la- the, the lamb chops had me intrigued. They were okay, but just yeah. okay. So I, they could have used a little more seasoning. Alrighty. Having uh, some Greek in me, I, I I know my way around a lamb chop. <laughs> they could have did a little better. Uh, but um, the. Uh, stuffed hot pepper dip that I had for an appetizer was very good. So I'll give them marks for that. Nice. The next night, we ended up at uh, Saigon, Bangkok. Um, I'm not sure if our dear listeners know this, but Asian cuisine is, uh, in the last few years, very rapidly be- become my absolute favorite cuisine. Saigon, Bangkok gets, gets full marks. Full, full marks. Nice. Good That's stuff. high praise coming from you. You usually don't give the, uh, the full score. I'm a mark for... Uh, Vietnamese and Thai, man, it's it's good stuff. Love right. Vietnamese and Thai. Nice. And uh, uh, before we get to uh, the the portion of the show where we will discuss questions from said said persons, <laughs> I enjoyed a fine evening of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling with Mr. J. Gelsomino the other night. So, alrighty, uh, we got to see Kenny Omega uh, defend his. Uh, G1 Climax briefcase title shot against uh, Goto, I believe it was. I'm always amused at how the Japan pro wrestling uh, events and circuits and what have you do not sound completely dissimilar from European auto racing circuits. They're very, to be honest, they're often very Japanesey. If you, if you, uh, I thought you were going to say they were very similar. Like, no, no, no. Um, there's, there's a race car driver that pile drives another race car before it crosses the finish line. <laughs> jumps no. off, jumps off the flag tower with a leg drop to the next driver up. New Japan is 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 the best wrestling on the planet. Um, in terms of uh, the work and even the presentation is like is the best. It's just great because they don't. There's no. 
it's presented as sport and it just feels it just feels better and more legit it's a, it's a better product so it's kind of so, like pro wrestling over here before pro wrestling went yeah we're not we're we're entertainment we're not sport i i don't know it's hard to it's it's even more than that because the way the the way they film it the way they shoot it the way they light it the way they do the, the way they don't do skits and in interviews often uh it's just very it's presented very legit and shenanigans are often uh few and far between what would you define as shenanigans uh like i said skits and in like backstage stuff they don't really do that as parts of the show right. they do post match interviews though where the guy sits down in front of a banner you know with like yeah. sponsors in okay. front of press and ah. photographers it's again presentation it's presented very realistically um when there are promos they're usually po- um, like when I say promos, I mean when the guys cut a promo on each other. And for yeah. those who don't know the parlance, it's when a guy gets a mic and talks smack about someone else. Um, what they usually do, though, it's not like one guy. If you watch Monday Night Raw, it's 20 minutes of nonsense that doesn't even need to be on the show. More often than not. When it's a New Japan promo, usually it's after the match, immediately after the match. And then either the guy, the winner or the loser will take a microphone. And I always find it interesting that they're always corded microphones. They're never wireless mics that are just, like, there because they know they're <laughs> going to have talking segments. It's like, no, no, this is the ring announcer's actual microphone. It's got a wire in it because we don't do this all the time. Yeah. Again, little thing. Appreciate the details. And they'll challenge each other. It's always in the context of a challenge for the next thing. Yeah. So, again, presentation, sport. Like, it's, it's, yep. it's, it's about wins and losses and respect. It's not about, you know, you ran over my dog and I, now I'm mad at you and... Well, that would piss me off too. Kaka doo head, and you know whatever the hell is on WWE TV. So anyway, uh, Kenny won. Good. I'm um, a big fan of Kenny Omega. Not so much be. because of the fact that he's a wrestler, but because he's really big in the fighting game community. He uh, he is the first Gaijin to uh, win the G1. Which, so that means he is the first Gaijin to get a title shot at the Tokyo Dome at New Japan's WrestleMania, essentially called Wrestle Kingdom. And from the uninitiated, a Gaijin is I know it is, but a Westerner. Okay. Yeah, in Japan. Uh, so Okada won his match. Okada is the okay. New Japan champion. He is the Rainmaker. He's great. Uh, and at after he won. He's- the rainmaker is in like, uh, you know, when, when he comes out. He does the dollar bills rain. When he comes out, he does the rainmaker pose. I can't do it properly because my arms aren't as mammothly long and amazing as, as his. He comes out. He does the rainmaker pose, and they do shower the crowd with dollar bills with his face on them. Alrighty, I love the Joker and Okada is kind of like that. Although Okada wouldn't kill you. He's he's okay. he's the ace of the company. He's the baby face. Alrighty. Um, Kenny came out. Okada cut a promo on Kenny in Japanese. Now, Kenny's a heel, right? Kenny is a heel. Okay. Kenny is like 80s supervillain heel. Ooh. It's great. He's so good at it. So, like, Gary Busey and Lethal Weapon? Kinda. All right. Only more competent? I don't know. I mean, when you run up against Martin Riggs, Kenny gets not stuff a hell done. a lot you can do. Maybe. Kenny can find a way. He is the cleaner. Anyway, so Okada runs down... Uh, Kenny in Japanese. Yeah. Kenny speaks Japanese, by the way. Kenny well, opts to, so. to cut a promo in English, and it was fantastic. He, <laughs> he basically uh, said to Okada, uh, referencing Okada's past, um, I'm going to treat you like a uh, word that rhymes with which, just like they did in America. All righty. It was great. 
Can't wait for Kenny Okada. It's going to be a five-star classic, according to the Meltzer system. Okay. Sounds cool. So that's roughly my week. Nice. Roughly my week. All and right. I've been playing guitar a lot this week, trying to write, trying to finish a song, and it's killing me slightly. Uh, not killing you softly? No, harshly. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm at, a, I'm at a section that I just can't quite figure out yet. So it's been weighing on me. I think you should watch Surf Ninjas for inspiration. Maybe. Is there, is there surf music in it? But, you know, the 50s guitar sounds and all that business? I believe so, yes. Might help. Could help. The, the scene where the, the rebels are surfing in on the tide against Liam Neeson's armed forces. I'm glad you said armed forces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you said armed forces. Um, uh, oh, and I might be a two-podcast uh, host uh, soon. Really? News on that later, though. We're not being interrupted with this show. No, no, no. No, no, no. I dragged you on a mothball, sir. Give you, <laughs> give you a fresh coat of pain, a sunny outlook on life. <laughs> well. Don't turn around and stab me in the back. No. Never. All right. You'll, we'll talk. Okay. It's fun, though. You'll, you'll, when I tell you, you'll be like, of course. That's exactly right. what you should do. Okay. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> how about you? Uh, well, this past weekend, we did our annual October tradition of going to Powers Farm Market in Rochester, New York. Um, I prefer Powers Farm Market as opposed to the Great Pumpkin Farm that we have out here because Powers Farm Market is family-owned, runs very old-timey and traditional. Okay. Whereas I believe Great Pumpkin is just too commercial to, <laughs> to pay homage to my to my Charlie Brown roots. I, I don't... Remind me to talk about Charlie Brown after you're done we have, okay. something, we have something to talk about charlie brown you're not gonna besmirch charlie brown oh no no i'll beat you over that with this microphone sir no no no. all right you know what it, you said it to me we'll talk you know what it is okay oh yeah, yeah yeah anyway i didn't know that uh pumpkin firms were such a serious business uh proposition well you know i mean they it's all like they've got their at powers they've got their pumpkin patch then they got these two massive teepees you can walk into and there's like professionally carved pumpkins all around it's like dark and the pumpkins are lit up there's a haunted hayride and then they've got like a um a farmer's market type store you can get like home baked goods and like i got apple cider slushy which was fantastic and like fresh cookies and donuts that are on par with if not better than paula's um so yeah it's just a really fun experience have you been to Becker Farms? That's like the hot place out in. Uh, I've I've heard of it. I've I've kind of like you know I've got, I've got what I like. Got your thing. I got my thing. No, it's not that I'm posed. It's trying out new places, but like once I go to my pumpkin farm, <laughs> I don't like stuff that's different. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that your line? I, I, under, I understand, sir. <laughs> I draw a line in the sand here. So this is my pumpkin farm. So we did that, and that was a lot of fun. Um, then Tuesday, unfortunately, William reached a milestone that is inevitable with babies, but you're not looking forward to when they reach it. And that's William got his first cold. Oh, yeah. He um, it wasn't. It's not too bad. A very slight fever. Like if here's the line of fever, and here's where you don't have fever. Here's where he was. Mm. It's like that point zero 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 one over the legal driving blood alcohol. <laughs> you know what I'm oh, saying? They'll bust you regardless. Yeah, There's yeah. There's no leeway on that. Um, so that was kind of a pain in the butt because the most of it 
came about in the form of congestion. And when you're seven months old, you don't know that you can breathe out of your mouth. Oh, God. So when you try and sleep, you sleep for 10 minutes, and then you wake up screaming because you can't breathe. Uh. Which means his mother and I were up with him all night. Mm. It was pretty much we were both in his room. It was kind of a tag team situation where one of us would be in the rocking chair with him sitting upright. Uh, like laying upright on our chest or whatnot, and then the other one would be on the floor sleeping, and then we just kind of switch on and off. So the person on the floor is holding the tag ropes, waiting for the hot tag? Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, Make sure the ref sees it, otherwise it doesn't count. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, he's been kind of trying to get over that for the rest of the week. And tonight, like, I just want to give huge, huge shout-out to... Miss Julie Duty, my wife, she's an amazing... Miss? Ama- Mrs. <laughs> Thank you. Whoa, hey. Uh, she's an amazing, amazing woman who, like, just before I left to come here, William threw up, like, twice. Put him in one pair of BJs, three minutes later, he throws up, and we got to put him in another pair, and Julie's just like, go, you need to do the show, I can handle this. So, thanks, honey, for, for looking out for the good of the show. Much obliged. We we appreciate it. You are our listener of the week. <laughs> Is that a thing? We have a listener of the week now? Uh, you know, probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right. Because what are we going to do? We're going to rotate Julie, Jay, yeah. and Alan? Yeah, exactly. So This week it's Julie. <laughs> Your move, Alan and Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I want chocolate and flowers on my doorstep. I want you to clean up my puke and put me in PJs. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so that pretty much took up the rest of my week. Um, so yeah, hoping he gets over that. He will. He'll be okay. Yeah, he's he's my little guy. I love him a lot. All right. So yeah, all right. That was our weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've said before. We'll say it again. We appreciate you. We appreciate you listening to us. We appreciate uh, comments and questions we get sent. We, of course, encourage you to send us any questions you may have or comments. You can do so on Twitter at devil's do pod you can go to facebook.com slash devil's do or just search the devil's do on facebook you can email us at the devil's do pod at gmail.com or you can find all these amazing resources on our great website that drew has assembled the devil's do podcast.com don't oversell it man that <laughs> being said it's time for some cross-examination oh boy <clears throat> Here we go. I'm 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 all ears. Mr. Alan Waiters. Yes. Has sent, us, has sent us some questions. All right. All right. Individual questions or group questions? We have we have uh a group and then an individual for each. All right. First question, the group question. So last week we talked about the greatest black superhero of all time, but there was no love for Storm or Vixen. So a Storm greater than Jon Stewart. You know, wow. we take time out of our show to answer your questions. Again, we appreciate getting questions. Email them to <laughs> devilsdopod at gmail.com. But once we answer the question... That's it? Put it to bed? Why, why you, why you no got no du- to bicker with our uh, answer? If I may, no double jeopardy. It's a, it's a court case thing. Get oh, it? Loud. Okay. <laughs> See, it's also a court case thing. Yeah, I want to put in court parlance. Like, <laughs> All right. Can't be tread safe. So, yeah, what, uh, anyway. what's your response to the absence uh, of female? Now, okay. Uh, Storm, I would say, would have had... Um, Storm had a, had a chance. And if you were to ask me that question maybe 15 years ago, 
I'd say Storm's up there. Yeah, Storm would definitely be in the top five but, 15 years ago. She she was getting major heat off of the Jim Lee comic and the cartoon show. Even through the 80s, man, she was popular. She led the team. Yeah. She, Storm was, yeah. A, Storm, she was the Storm gold was, team leader. She was the gold team leader. She was yeah. a big de- Storm was a big deal. Yeah, but unfortunately, like all of X-Men continuity, it's been it's severely mishandled and it's a disaster. And, and Halle Berry did not help. No. Sorry, <laughs> Halle. But no. She really didn't. Did you hear the rumor about Halle Berry and Ric Flair? Did you hear that? Did what? You, did you hear about Halle Berry and Ric Flair? What in the 90s? Him? Oh, in the 90s. Oh, okay, it's the 90s. Anything could happen then. Crazy stuff was going on, man. Halle Berry rode Space Mountain, my friend. <laughs> uh, <coughs> allegedly. Woo. Exactly. So, but yeah, I think uh, <laughs> due to the recent decline of X-Men as a whole... Um, uh, yeah, she doesn't really crack. On that note, they're making a push again. Maybe we'll, we'll get into that. Oh, maybe. for a resurgence? Yeah, or whatever they're calling it. Resurrect X? X? Yeah. With the X? And we'll, uh, do we need to get into it? A little it's, bit. A little all bit. All right, okay. A little bit. All right. Not a lot. I'll, I'll let you take the okay. take the wheel on that one, sir. Uh, what about Vixen? Vixen. Uh, she's she's a decent character, but I don't think she's really top. I don't Up, even say. Above Jon Stewart? No. 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 Not cool. even above Storm. Cool character. Cool uh, cool power sign, whatnot. She's made her live action debut in Arrow. She was done faithfully in that. Now they've got her in Legends of Tomorrow. And so she's having her... her yeah, she's, she's her, getting her moments done. She, right she had a great run on Justice League Unlimited, okay. the animated series. Um, yeah, she's... I mean, she's a character of note. I wouldn't put her in the top five. I'd, 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 I might struggle to put her in the top ten. Yeah. She might be like, ju- she might be like 11 or 12. Where do we come down on Eartha Kit as Catwoman? Does that count? Um, I think that the question revolves mainly around comic book. Fair enough. Okay. Yep. Um, versions of these characters. So Eartha Kit Catwoman, by all means. I mean, fantastic representation. Of sure. Character. I'm sorry. I still prefer Julie Newmar. It's not a race thing. It's just Julie, Julie Newmar, Newmar is the sure, hottest yeah. Catwoman let, let ever. Let us not besmirch Lee, Lee Merriweather yeah. either here. Oh, no, no. They're, all this, all the 66 Catwomen were, were smoking. Yes, sir. Um, that was prerequisite but, for the suit. But Julie Newmar was far and away above. I, 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 I want to watch that animated movie. Do you think Do you think Adam West? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. I'm just checking. With, with all three of them? Huh? With all three of them? Probably. All right. I'm Probably. Big ups. Big ups, Adam. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. West. <laughs> do you uh, do you want to check out that, that movie? I do, actually. It looks, looks like it's a lot of fun. I've heard it's fun. And not only is it fun, I've heard that it's like very... Uh, Self-aware? In a, in, a, in a good way. Like yeah. in a way that the narrative and, and the writing is like yeah. really... Spot on. They've already announced a sequel for it. I know. And, and I know who's playing Two-Face in it. Who? Is playing Two Face Drew, my man William Shatner. The Shat. I'm a I'm kind of a Shatner guy, so yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Next question. Next question. Uh, This one I'll give you the question for you, Drew. Yes. Would you prefer Wolverine's healing factor and adamantium skeleton, or Luke Cage's super strength and penetrable black skin? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I mean. Do I get to look like Luke Cage? I don't know. Or do I just get... Is it just me, but I'm black? <laughs> I think it's just based on the form of the question. It's just you, but you're black. That'd be so weird. 
I don't know. You look kind of like C. Tom's Howell from Soul Man. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Oh. Man, if you get that reference, kids. Uh, based on that, I guess I have to go with Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, it's just a longer duration Jesus. of life. And as oh Wolverine, my God. you can't get drunk, which means all the beers for Drew. Yeah. Yeah. But but I kind of like getting a little buzz on. I didn't say you couldn't get a buzz. I okay. mean, you just got to like, you basically have to inject vodka straight in your heart. To, Holy shit. To get that buzz. It's not going to last very long. I got to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, wow. If I can look like Luke Cage, I would go with that. All but, right. But if, but if, I, but if it's C. Thomas Howell it, <laughs> in, in blackface, then I got to go with Wolverine. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. My question is, Carl, who would you... Who Wait would a minute. You... Why are you reading your question? Here's the phone. Thank you. All right. We have, we have, we have protocol. I know. I know. The defense doesn't... Yeah, yeah, Cross-examination. Gotcha. I got you. No, right. I got you. <clears throat> Carl. Yes. Who would you want to train you? Professor X... Stick, Master Roshi, or King Kai? Hmm. You have to help me out with some of these people. Master Roshi and King Kai are both from Dragon Ball Z. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. So if the product of the training is what the product of the training is from all those uh, senseis, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with King Kai because, you know, that puts me on the road to Super Saiyan. Okay. I'm just saying. Right. can make I, my hair go yellow and my eyes go turquoise. I see what you did there. Yeah. I know that. Kind, so yeah, kind I, would say, I would say I would say King Kai, um, because Master Roshi and King Kai are kind of at one level, and Professor, Professor X and Stick are kind of at another level. So I'm, I'll put them in order. Uh, King Kai, Master Roshi, Stick, Professor X. All right. There you go. Okay. Okay. Next. Thank piece. you, Alan. Yes, Alan. We Thank appreciate you, sir. that. Next up, Mr. J. Gelsimino. I will start with your questions. I knew he'd come. The first question, and I'm required to sing this question. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, Drew. Yes? I'm scared. Can you feel the love tonight? I'm so disappointed right now. That's your question, sir. No. (laughs) But I sang to you. Coming from Jay, with, these are not the songs I was hoping with, for. With longing in my eyes. I, I, I understand, but Jay, Jay should know the songs I want to hear. <sighs> okay. <laughs> if he's going to make you jump through I'm hoops. just I'm just saying <laughs> I sang for you and to you, and I'm I getting know. nothing. Don't blame me. Blame Jay. No, I will blame you because your reaction is from you, sir. I can't control my reaction to certain songs. That's just that's just personal preference. It's not you. It's, it's the There's, song. There, there's a certain point when my singing invokes such emotion that you know control is out of the question. <sighs> you just react, and I, and I reacted swiftly. <sighs> Disappointed. <laughs> okay, if you had to battle a race of aliens for the fate of the world, which robot would you take? Oh boy, Johnny Five from Short Circuit Two, pissed off post Oscar and goons beat down, but temporarily fixed by Durf. <clears throat> Or J five from Blank Man. Uh Johnny Five, by far. <laughs> um even though he does have a leaky battery and his power might be an issue, 
But if I'm fighting, what am I fighting? Aliens? I, I would figure out a way with the alien technology to fix the battery. What Keep the, going. Keep okay. And, and then he would be fine. I would save him. And then I'd gold plate him, but I'd let him keep the mohawk and all the chains and stuff. What is happening right now? Don't you remember from the Sword Circuit 2 is during this, that is this, scene? Is that We Need a Hero? They sang We Need a Hero. Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure. I thought. I thought. I thought. I was giving you musical company. Man. I Once that, again, no appreciation. You are a cold, heartless, fickle prick, sir. But I still love you. I, I've been told this before. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So you're going Giant Five? Absolutely. All right. Here when, we go. In life. In life. In life. Always go with Johnny Five. That's that sound of vice. Okay. Johnny Five went Super Saiyan. At the end of Short Circuit 2, it was right. all gold. Right, exactly. gold. That's my, yeah, like I said, I, I would, I would <laughs> with the alien technology, I'd play them in gold, but keep the mohawk, keep there the chains, all, right. all that stuff. Okay. And then he can get, oh, he can bring in the Los Locos gang to, to help fight the aliens. See? Los Locos kick your ass. Los Locos kick your face. Los Locos kick your balls. Into outer space. There you go. This, this show is getting a little edgy this week. <laughs> <laughs> the language. Carl. Yes. If you could put Steve Gutenberg as a replacement for one major role in any of Quentin Tarantino's movies, who would it be and why? That's a me question, Jay. Damn it. <sighs> Uh, um, that's really good. That's a that is really good. <sighs> Who can you see the goot playing? That's the question. Django. No, but everyone still treats him <laughs> as if he's black. No, <laughs> no. Um, you can't do you know, that. No, no, seriously. Seriously, no disrespect to David Carradine. Bill. Bill. Whoa. The Goot? The Goot. Make him Bill. Wow. Well, at least the Goot wouldn't die in a closet. Because can you imagine the Goot? With a cord wrapped around. I'm sorry. Coming back is just like a hardcore badass villain. No. No, I can't, actually. <laughs> See, and that's why you do it. No. That's why you do it. And that's why you make Bobcat Goldthwait as henchman. As Zed? Nope. Just let him pl- let him do his thing. You ever seen Bobcat Goldthwait when he's not doing yeah. like, Bobcat character? Yeah, I don't like he's it. He's a good actor. Yeah, well. Did you ever see the movie Blow? He had no. a great small appearance in the movie Blow. You know, just, it was fantastic. You know, it just dawned on me. Pulp Fiction had a Zed. Yeah. Bobcat, got, Bobcat played Zed in Police Academy. Yeah. I now want to recast... There is a Lord Zed in Power Rangers. No, no, for, but, but <laughs> I now want to recast Pulp Fiction with the cast of Police Academy. <laughs> Which Police Academy? The there early, were variations. The, the earlier ones. So you're not going past the Gutenberg right. chapters. Yeah, no, no, okay. no post All right, no, I get you. Um, so Hightower could be Marcellus Wallace. Obviously. Um, um, who would... Tackleberry? Could, who would Tackleberry be? <laughs> Could he be uh, Butch? <laughs> Sweet Chuck's going to be Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> character. What's his name? Jimmy? Yes. I was, you know, to be fine, when, when, yes. now, when I thought about this question, I thought of the goot in that role. No, see, that's too easy. That's like, that makes sense. Uh, well, that's why it came to me so quickly, I guess. Yeah. That's, Next question. That's why I got the question, because I'm the creative thinker here. Wow. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, that, that cuts deep. Not a lot of sleep this week, sir. Not a lot of sleep. Wow. Kind of cranky. 
guess you'll sleep well tonight after dropping that bomb on me, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> it does warm the cockles. Uh-huh. What do you feel you would take more advantage of if given the opportunity? Okay. Gray's Sports Almanac today or the chance to see what it is inside Marcellus Wallace's briefcase? These Pulp Fiction questions. Again, Jay, I, I'm right here, buddy. But see, that's, that, again, that's like we discussed last week. That's low-hanging fruit. All right. Jay's better in that. It's true. We got to hold to a higher standard. Jay's better in that. So. Um, I See, I'm a stickler for time travel theory. The thing is, though, I think he said the almanac today. No, I know. So I you know. can't really do anything with it. Eh. I don't mess with time travel. Okay. Because... My theory on time travel is that if time travel were ever invented, you could not go back at all. You could only go forward. And if you went forward, you'd have to stay there. Because yeah. if you went back, any minuscule thing you do could completely change yeah. the the future that you would return to. Hence, you'd be destroying your own present. Possibly. If you went forward and then went back, same scenario. Anything you saw forward is no longer applicable because you have knowledge of it. Hence... You're not going to proceed in the way you would before you had the knowledge, hence everything would be changed. Unless you get into the multiverse theory, in which case... Well, no, I actually... Not for nothing, uh, I know you're not a fan, but the uh, the Flashpoint mm-hmm, story, mm-hmm. as far as time travel goes, handled that pretty much spot on the way I just described it. Because, yeah, we didn't like New 52 after you know the first six or seven months. Um, but New 52 was a good example of, yes, you went back and corrected what you changed, and everything kind of went back to the way it was, but there's still like those ripples and offshoots that little changes. So yeah, that's pretty much that. All right. Um, so yeah, I'm going to look inside uh, Marcellus's briefcase. Okay. See uh, see what's in there. That's, it's shiny, whatever it's it is. It's shiny. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's the idol. Ah. Uh, the whip? I don't know. Did the idol? Maybe. Where did the idol end up, anyway? Belloc had it. Yeah, Belloc made off with it. Huh. Yeah, we got to trace that. Somehow Wallace got it. Maybe it's one of the, maybe it's one of, if not all seven of the Dragon Balls. Going back to my previous question. Man, I I don't even know what those look like. Jala, hey Jala. All right. More singing in Korean or Japanese lyrics now. Nope. Okay. And that closes the cross-examination portion of the show. Thank God. Um, originally, I didn't think we had any news, but Drew wants to talk some X Men. Oh no, it's not huge. I just, I just, I saw the uh, the announcement that yeah. of, uh, like they're they're really making a big X Men push soon. You say this like it's not something we haven't seen before. Well, numerous times. This feels different for some reason. I don't know why. It lo- you know why? Because they're evoking a little more '90s imagery. The, the blue and gold teams are coming back, yeah. and uh, it, I don't know, but maybe it, it, it seems like it's a some kind of effort to like go, hey, we didn't forget about the X-Men, but then again, I have not seen creative teams, I don't know, I don't know anything about the, the context around this, so are I could be- Are you going to buy them? No. All right, then what's- But, but you know, I'm just putting it out there. Damn. Also, one of Marvel's uh, unofficial, well, depending on who you believe with conspiracy theory, that, that they do not cross-market or make toys or other things with the X-Men or the Fantastic Four or other properties they do not control. You've heard about this, right? I've heard vaguely. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's 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 a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, there is a new set of toys coming out with the X-Men on them. 
So there's a new little line like of action figure line. No, like you know they're kind kind of like Funkos, but not the but Dorbs. The, I don't know what they're called, but they're, it's a whole X-Men line Because I know out. they announced a new series of the X-Men Funko Pops. Not, it's, it's not the Funkos. It's a Psylocke, Archangel, Sabretooth, and Quicksilver. This is a full line, and a lot of the characters are in their 90s costumes. Hmm. All right. So they're doing something. Yeah. It's Bart, and he's doing stuff. <laughs> it's kind of like that. I don't know. Maybe something is happening. Yeah. I'm not even going to say we open and close the case files for that one. No, it was just no, like, no. like I said, it wasn't much. I was surprised you even want to talk about that. Even I saw that. I was like, meh. Maybe it's just fresh on my mind because I've been having this discussion uh, in the shop about like Marvel and how I feel about them right now, which isn't very positive. It's kind of just like, eh. The line is just kind of like, meh. Yeah. So I guess what that means is, you know, it's it's meh right now, but with comics, just wait, and eventually, it'll thing, you know, things will kind of come around again. Yeah, so I feel like, like eventually there's going to be a day when they're going to... All the good like times are back again. days are getting further and further apart. Could be. Maybe. So, Maybe not. like, of the big two right now, personally, I'm enjoying DC more than I'm enjoying Marvel. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Spider-Man. I'm always going to enjoy Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, like the DC Rebirth stuff is still really solid. Hmm. And nary a whiff of Watchmen since... Ah, ha, 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 it's coming. Get ready. Yeah, I'm sure it will, but no, like... Mr. Oz would like words with you. Whatever the hell they're calling um, Dr. Oz, but it was that guy in the robe you haven't seen? Oh you, oh, you don't know about that? Is that happening in Detective? And, and but no, um, the like, yeah. Flash, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Arrow, A-plus titles. Okay. Batman, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Um, Why is that a book, by the way? Anyway. I just, I like the character. I know you don't. I like Jason Todd. Should have stayed dead. Yeah, he should have. I agree. <laughs> he, 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 A, should have stayed dead, and B, should have been the villain in Hush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those two things aside, what they're doing with the character now, I enjoy. So, um, but yeah. But no, I, I'm, I'm there with you on Marvel. I'm not. Like, I'm reading Spider-Man. Silver Surfer is still really good. Doctor Strange is good. Moon Knight, uh, I'm kind of wavering on. Yeah. Daredevil. Decor- well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Daredevil. We always enjoy Daredevil. I, I, I just, I feel like there's just going to come an announcement soon where it's going to be like, Marvel is going to reboot again. We've been saying that for so long, though. But this time that they... We've now, been saying that, on, too. Hang on, hang on. Let me finish. Now that they've taken the Fantastic Four off the board for a while, I think they're in a position where they could relaunch with a fantastic we thought secret war was going to be the big relaunch and it wasn't it kind of was it was another retweak yeah marvel yeah. doesn't relaunch they retweak well this could be a big retweak eh. we'll see eh. someday it's going to happen someday eh, okay it will happen all right you just got to wait to see it that's okay. all all right Listen, look at me listen, being. Look at me being listen, positive man. about something. We are living in a world where the Chicago Cubs are currently playing the Cleveland Indians in a World Series. Yeah, it's bananas. Anything is possible. I don't watch baseball. I know it's bananas. Yeah, anything's possible. All, All right. right. Uh, to bring back a segment we have not had in some time. We meant to do Whoa. it the past couple weeks, but we well, we just forgot. We had a lot going on in the past couple weeks. Not so much this week. Let's uh let's get back into the kitchen Ooh. with a little bit of kitchen brew ah. with our friend Drew. Adventures in brewing. What you got for us, Drew? Um, so I think I've been on the show documenting. It's been it's been documented that I'm a stone aficionado, as you may or may not snob. know. Snob stone, stone brewing, not a snob. They're they're like the, one of the best craft brewers in the 
business, basically. Uh, respect for the, the quality. So <clears throat> the Choco Vesa, I may have talked about that as well yeah. uh, in my, my, my little trip to you, Premier. You allowed me to sample it. It was quite delicious. They still don't have it at Premier, by the way. They still don't have it. What <laughs> is happening? Have you through your case already? What? No, no, no. How no. much of the case is left? Three of the four six-packs are left. I am pacing it out mm-hmm. very slowly. And that is the, 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 the topic of, of discussion here. So I'm a big fan. I'm such a fan that I thought, you know, I love this Choco Vesa. It's a delicious, uh, milky, creamy, chocolatey, peppery, cinnamony, vanilla-y stout. It's a complex beer. It's so, it's so delicious. But it's a stout. It is a stout in style. Well, guess what? I, uh, I've made a very, if I do say so myself, excellent imperial coffee oatmeal chocolate stout and the taste I, of your stout is quite good so and oh it's aged nicely by the way it it is aged very nicely it's All even right. be, it's even better now than it was so i thought to myself i want to make that stout again but i want to get some of this pepper cinnamon vanilla bean thing going on i got to make this happen somehow so i did a little homework and i remade my stout now the recipe for the stout is exactly the same same yeah. recipe as as before. The brew day was not as efficient as the first time. Um, there's there's reasons why that happened. So unfortunately, it won't be quite as high in the ABV as my first brew. Even though the recipe was the same, my extraction was was not quite as good. But I know why. I had too much water, and it just it's complicated. I'm not going to get too bogged down in the semantics and the details. But needless to say, uh, I could do better on the efficiency of my of my mash. So. Brew otherwise is the same, same ingredients. But in secondary, I had to figure out a way to infuse the pepper, the peppers, the cinnamon, the vanilla bean, nutmeg. I had to find a way to make all this work. And what you do, kids, this is a pretty cool trick. It's not really a trick. This is just one way you do it. Anything that goes into a beer after it's been brewed has to be sanitary. Well, how do you sanitize... The ingredients I just mentioned, peppers and, and, and nutmeg and cinnamon and vanilla beans. Simple. You make what they call a tincture. Uh-huh. So in a mason jar, I got two whole dried pasilla peppers. I had to go to a Mexican grocer to get these, by the way. Uh-huh. Dice those up. Uh, yeah. Two vanilla beans. You're not even listening to me, are you? Uh-huh. Yeah. The, Mr. Stream, can we hear from you? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting you to go on. It's not even challenging anymore. <laughs> you know, I appreciate the reference. Put it put it. That I thought way. you might. I, I thought do. you would kind I'm, of take I'm, it and run with it. I'm a, a bit of a Wayne's World guy. Funny. You didn't. All right, continue. Sorry. No, no. You're not even making attention because you're a complete tool. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> Whoa! Hey, they're getting closer every time. <laughs> Handsome. Handsome Dan. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where was I? So, pasilla peppers from the Mexican grocer. Yes. Vanilla beans. Uh, chop, chop those up. Um, about a teaspoon, maybe no, maybe a tablespoon of nutmeg. And uh, two whole cinnamon sticks in a mason jar. Vodka. You pour vodka on it until it covers, seal it up. And I left it on the counter for about three to four days until it all kind of extracted into the, the tincture. Pour vodka's little trigger goes click. Kind of like that. Alrighty. 
So after primary fermentation was done, I transferred the tincture into my secondary carboy, my secondary conditioning unit. It's a jug, basically. All right. And then I transferred the beer from the primary into the secondary on top of all of the, uh, the goodies, the, 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 fla- the flavored goodies. And uh, I could have strained it and just used the vodka because, you know, ideally it would have all extracted into the vodka. But I said, you know what? I'm just going to throw it all in there and let it settle out in t- in- with time. So threw it all in there wholesale. When I put the beer on top of it before I sealed the lid, sure enough, I smelled it. Kind of smelled like Choco Vesa. So it is sitting in secondary right now. I will be bottling it uh, within a few days. Uh, then we'll see in a few weeks from now what we got. Is it, is it tough to just kind of like know it's down there? No, you can go like sample it. Can't sample it. No, can't, right. cannot sample it yet. Okay. Um, I, well, here's the thing. I did sample it. I had to take a gravity reading, uh, which Gravity Kids measures the number of particles per part water in a, in a solution. And that's how you calculate your ABV, your alcohol by volume. So <clears throat> I did taste it um, before adding all the goodies to it just to, you know, see where it was at and on its own again my stout uh is delicious and sure enough when i i took my gravity reading and then you can't put it you never want to pour back in yeah you take it out it's out so you got to do something with it so i drank my testing uh vial and it was delicious but again that was before i added all the other stuff Mm. so we i'm very very curious to see what kind of result i'm going to get out of this because again i don't know how they make choco Vesa. my recipe is completely different but that uh the tincture job i did homework on and other guys have uh, had had luck with that tincture so that is my brew story we are waiting patiently in a few weeks after i bottle it a few weeks from then we will uh we will have to do a little little ab between the choco Vesa and mine for it yet. this is well <clears throat> the uh the stout is called Darkness Imprisoning Me. All right. But you already did the Darkness Imprisoning Me. I did. But again, this is the same recipe, except for this little alteration in secondary. So this is the Darkness Imprisoning Me Landmine Edition. All right. Okay, I would have gone with Unforgiven 2. No. I would have accepted that. We're on a theme. It's it's the same recipe, so it's got to be from the same song. All right, cool. If I make an Unforgiven, and then a variation of that... That then would be unforgiven there too. you go and then you'll have to make a variation on that to make unforgiven three i could do that but then i have to stop that's it so yeah. it's done um uh you never know. Uh, they got a new album coming out it's not on there four. no <laughs> <laughs> and uh speaking of which um all my beers do have metallica puns by the way pretty much yeah. uh the Reekin destroys my next IPA that I'm going to make. So, uh, new Metallica song on Halloween. New sample, yeah. Of Metallica song yeah. came out. Comes Sounds out. On, comes out on Monday. Um, because I have super awesome friend uh, Jason Oberg who plays guitar with me in the Long Cold Dark. He has a friend who owns a record store, and on Halloween they're giving away like these Metallica masks that are like the album cover, like oh, with okay. all the weird faces and, sh- and stuff on it. Uh, if you get the mask and you get it today on friday he got yeah. it the other day but if you get if you pick up at the store today there's a code on it you can download the new song 30 minutes before they debut it on monday <laughs> the whole 30 minutes uh, thanks funny. metallica but in any case uh two weeks from now uh, no more like three the new record is out and uh there are things happening as no. it pertains to that i'll thrash i'm guitarist <laughs> I, I appreciate what you did there. I'm not sure if it works as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, I try. 
All right. All right. Uh, real quickly, before we get into our episode, there was something else we uh, wanted to mention. Uh, as you mentioned, I said that I sent to you new kind of holiday special out there right uh, now. There? <laughs> yeah. See, we forget things. Good. Good. Thanks for bringing me back. Oh, by the way, uh, everyone, please have a safe and happy Halloween. Yeah, do that. By the time you hear this, you will have had it. Hopefully. Yep. <laughs> yep. So hopefully you didn't bite into a razor blade in your apple or whatever the hell they warned you nope. about. That's never happened, by the way. I had one thing once when I was a kid, but that was it. Yeah. And not to, not, not for nothing, but if, if, if anyone's given out, like, ecstasy on, on Halloween, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what uh tell tell the good people what I what well, I sent to you earlier. Car- Carl sent me uh an amazing I'm Carl. I'm pilot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he sent me the amazing clip yesterday, was it? Yeah, no, I sent it to you today. Was it today? Yeah, it was today. No, it was yesterday, I think. Are you sure? I'm I'm checking my I'm text f- messages. I'm pretty sure. He's making a list. Checking it twice. Whoa, slow. Carl's gonna down. find out if Drew's naughty or nice. I'm naughty, sir. Duty clauses coming to town. Again, like you've pointed out before, I sing in a band. Was I yesterday. don't sing on this show. It was yesterday. <laughs> okay. So, uh, folks. I, I wa- see you when you're sleeping. Wow. I know when you're awake. It's getting, getting warm in here. <laughs> um, so, uh,. Yeah, so Carl sends me this amazing text, and it's, it's folks, go on YouTube and just search for, what's the proper title? Stranger, hang on. Stranger Things Christmas? Stranger Things Christmas. A Stranger Things Christmas. Yep. it's a Stranger Things Christmas. It's a parody of Charlie Brown Christmas with the characters from Stranger Things, and it's just, it's fantastic. It's pretty spot on. It's awesome. It's pretty Is spot on. Is that how on. you're going to put up your Christmas lights this year? Just put the alphabet up on the wall and just put the... Put the strand on there. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm looking at a wall that's got a great open section. And I'll tell you what, I'll get a Raspberry Pi if I have to, and I will hook it up so that I can put messages in it <laughs> and make it say things. <laughs> I will do this. Do it. I might have Let to Let the this. English see you do it. That's right. That is right. All right. That being said, Drew, Whew. let's rustle some papers. Where's my papers? I'm rustling mine. Where are yours? I don't know. I can only solo rustle for so long. There we go. Waiting for someone to tweet at us like that's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) They do. I just ignore them. Oh, okay. Good. 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 You should. I do not ignore any of our (laughs) tweets. We appreciate all tweets and retweets that we can get. All right. Episode three. (sighs) Who's going to take the weight? Is I, the name I, of the episode. I find it fascinating that you have so many notes. I have. Um, I felt this episode was pretty. Pretty. My notes are sparse. Okay. Granted, it's three pages of notes. They are somewhat sparse. This was a brisk episode. Yeah, it did feel a much more. It felt like there wasn't as much compacted into it yeah. as the previous two episodes, yeah. and moved at a bit of a quicker pace. Mm-hmm. Now. Where this episode opens up, dear listeners, we've always prided ourselves on educating you on little things here and there, first appearance of characters in comics and whatnot. Uh, but one location that keeps coming up in this show is Christmas Attics. Yes. And I felt that it was our responsibility to educate. Educate, sir. And this time not on a comic book. Real uh, life. level, Real life level. Because, you know what? I'm going to be honest. Before this show, 
Never heard of Christmas addicts. If you were to look at the Google search trends, which you can do, you would see a big spike on Christmas addicts the moment Luke Cage premiered. Yep, probably. So you're not alone. It's okay. Dear listener, if you're wondering who Christmas addicts was in real life. Well, Luke Cage did explain it. Or no, I'm sorry. Mariah explained it. Did she not? Not really. Luke 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 Cage kind of glanced over very briefly. He did. He did. Christmas Axe lived uh, from 1723 to uh, March 5th, 1770. was the first person killed in the Boston Massacre in Boston, Massachusetts, and is widely considered to be the first American casualty in the American Revolutionary War. Aside from the event of his death, along with Samuel Gray and James Caldwell, little is known for certain about Addicts. Addicts, yes. He may have been a Native American slave or free man, merchant seaman, and dock worker of Wampanoag, an African descent. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Uh, some circula- circumstantial evidence suggests that his father may have been Prince Younger, an African-born slave, and his mother, uh, Nanny Peter Petra Attucks, uh Natick Native American. So that's a little background on Christmas Attucks. All right. There you go. So and now back to the show. Killed in Boston. Building in New York. Yep. Fascinating. Yeah. That's how we do in New York City. All right. So we have a cold open again, but but a quick one. Yes. My first note is bang. My first note is guns, guns, guns. Cubbies are playing tonight. The Cubbies are playing playing tonight. Not not the Tigers though. Well, you know, they make the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Even though I never miss a game. <laughs> you. Good, good, big ups. Good, good job. <laughs> I like it. I have thought, but never mind. I, that, no, we, what? Uh, no, I just, I had a, RoboCop 2 was on this week, and I, I, I it was on. I had to watch it. Of course. I have so many thoughts. Yay, I, nay. I, um, I don't want to get too off topic, but uh, yeah. uh, I'm a RoboCop acolyte. It's like my. You, you it, love RoboCop. It's a brilliant movie. Yeah. Two. On paper, on paper, okay? And who put those words on paper, sir? If you come to me in Hollywood, 19, whatever year it was, 89? I forgot. I think so, yeah. Okay. Before they make the movie, and you say, we're making RoboCop 2, I've got Frank Miller doing the script. And this is red hot Frank right. Miller. This is post I've got Dark Knight Returns. I've got Frank Miller doing the script. I've got Erwin Kirshner, the guy who directed The Empire Strikes Back, directing the movie. Gold. Yeah. I'm sold. Yeah. In reality, <laughs> it was kind of like All Star Batman and Robin before All Star Batman and Robin. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. I think it's good. I'm, it's I'm a, fine with it's, it. It's an enjoyable movie, but it's a it's not I, good. I enjoy the film, but I'm not as I love RoboCop. I don't love RoboCop the way you love RoboCop. You see, the first movie sets up so much, and it's so perfect. The sequel, yeah, it yeah. doesn't really say anything. It just kind of, all the beats it wants to the, hit. The sequel says something. Oh, oh, oh. oh you can't. Oh, oh. Jay, Jay, oh, oh. only Jay, oh, oh. only Jay can do that. It's a thing. All right. We have, I'm we just have saying, hit, that's what the sequel said. We have history. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Anyway, that's my, uh, right. yeah. I, so back it, to Luke Cage. Should have been better. So guns, guns, guns. Uh, Luke comes out of the building. Anyone with, need a couch? With a, uh, not yet. Okay. Well, no, it's in the opening. Oh, Couch I, comes out of the oh, window. I missed it in the opening. Yeah. Caught it later. Yeah. No one else caught it later. No. Hit no, the ground. No. But he's got a duffel bag. He's got a duffel bag. And my note here is, go on, Luke Strutt. 
All right. Because he, he just did some work. Then we then we get the theme song. Yep. Then we get the intro. And we're in Cottonmouth's office. Cottonmouth's office. Yeah. News report on Pop. Yeah. Talking about, you know, declining Harlem. I want that TV trip that he's got in his office, by the way. I don't. How it flips out? Yeah, yeah. I don't want that. It's pretty cool. It doesn't take... It goes too long. Because, like, TV's on, you're just like, you know, kind of looking down, trying to get underneath it to see what's on TV. You can wait. It takes like a second. What if, like, you turn on to, the like, a football game or something, a big play's happening while it's doing that slow fold-up thing? No, no. Just have it there. Turn mm-hmm. it on. Picture comes on. All right. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, news report on Pop. We also see Luke waking up. This this whole little montage here is like a... Yeah, is like a it's a very mini montage. Yeah. goes by relatively quickly. Then we find Luke going to the barbershop and there's a memorial for pop that sprung up outside the barbershop yeah people leaving flowers and pictures and luke once again reiterates forward always mantra of the show yeah and then we have another gun deal yeah and another gun deal goes south but this time it's not chico and the boys it's someone else is it or was it just was it just Misty remembering? Oh no, yeah, the guys pull up in the van. And, yeah, we and, fi- and yeah. we find out later who it was. But for now, someone else is after the guns that yeah. uh, Cottonmouth is dealing. The guns, the guns, the guns. And now back to the sadness. Yep, Mortician's office. Yeah, uh, Luke is speaking with the mortician. I forgot his name, but. Uh, the casket that has been chosen for Pop is a little... Yeah. Um, little... Having having had gone through the unfortunate uh, procedure of having to bury a loved one, holy crap, we are in the wrong business, sir. Oh, funerals are hell of expense. So you're saying we should change formats into a funeral podcast? Maybe not so much change formats. Keep our podcast. Just switch our day jobs. Okay. How do you feel about corpses? Baby... You going to get the corpses? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Mo, I'm going to get the corpses. <laughs> but no, like, I remember when we were making the arrangements for my father. Sorry to laugh. That's great. No, this is fantastic. Mo, anytime you can bring Mo into a podcast, that's a good time. <laughs> um, when we were making the arrangements for my father. My mother got one of those big floral displays you put on top of the coffin. Yeah. What'd that run? It was three hundred and seventy-five dollars. Yeah, I was like, "Geez, mom, are you trying to bring dad back to life?" Because he knows you spent that much money on flowers for his coffin. Uh, He's going to reach up out of the coffin and strangle you. I didn't note it down, but I thought it. Luke Cage should have told the mortician very clearly: "Just because I'm bereaved doesn't make a saps." <laughs> What's that from? The Big Lebowski. Okay, yeah. when Donnie dies. <laughs> Just put the ashes in the swear jar. What's this? God. Oh, God. <laughs> Spreads him in the wind, blows in his face. Blows back on Bobby Fish. This is $180. <laughs> We're scattering the ashes. <laughs> that was also on the other night. Yeah. I think it was the same night RoboCop 2 was on, by the way. That's a good night of movie. It was a hell of a night. There. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great movie. It is. All right. Lebowski so, um, yeah. Um, uh, Cottonmouth shows up. He's already... Covered the coffin and covering the expenses for the Cottonmouth the is, service, which is rubbing Luke the wrong way. It is. Now, see, it's weird because we know Cottonmouth's a bad guy. We know this. Yeah. But, but there's I kind respect. Of, uh, yeah. I kind of feel bad in a way. Like yeah. Luke wants Because Cottonmouth didn't want this. No. Cottonmouth no. was going to do the parlay. Right. In, in a way, this is like he's trying to kind of make good. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. It's It's... 
Yeah, kind of. I don't think it's so much he's trying to make good. It's just kind of like he knows what needs to be done. Sure. He's in a position to do it, and he knows Luke's not in a position to do it. He becomes a prick about it to Luke. Yes, he does. Dishwasher. But, yeah. But, um, and ru- kind of rubs in Luke's face that Luke can't do it himself. Yeah. But I think that there's also, again, we mentioned there's that respect there. They had the history together, and Cottonmouth did not want Pop killed. Right. Hence, Tone being thrown off a building. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I have... Now Luke uh, goes back after being told by Cottonmouth, good luck finding a job, yeah. dishwasher. And Luke says he's just getting started. Uh-huh. Now Luke, Cottonmouth kind of laughs at that because Cottonmouth doesn't know what Luke is capable of. No, not yet. Now Luke walks back to the barbershop. Yep. Bobby Fish is there. Now is it wrong that I want Luke to wear the hat? He picks up Pop's hat and he looks, yeah. at, he looks at it longingly and I'm like, yeah. are they going to make this a thing? They don't make it a thing. No. It's okay. It might have been a little weird if there was like blood on it and like well, a blood hole or something in it. That's fair. Might have been a little weird. Little, Just saying. A little bit. So Bobby Fish is there though. Yeah. And him and Pop go way back. And yep. you find out Bobby Fish doesn't just play chess. He does taxes. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He's... Keeps track of the accounts, making sure the shop's running, you know, in the green or in the black, whatever the business is. In the green. Is. Or, I'm sorry, in the black. Um, Caught me off guard there. No, uh, but, then, so, uh, but then they start talking about how to get a cotton mouth. Bobby Fish is just like, you know, he's got all these things. And Luke looking down at the chessboard is like, no, I'm not going straight after cotton mouth, but I'm going to hurt him. Going to take out his rooks, his knights, his queen, um, his, his queen. Yep. And uh, it's going to cost, we find out it's going to cost $80,000 to keep the building intact as well. Yeah. Which Bobby and Luke do not have. No, no, no. There's, there's not 80,000 signals in that swear jar. But, but after Luke says that he's going to, you know, deal with the knights and the pawns and the rooks and whatnot, Bobby Fish says, where are you going? And Luke remarks, check these fools. Luke's going to work. <laughs> Gonna do that work. It's happening. We love you, Luke. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, back at the wrench. <laughs> uh, Misty and Scarf. Are grilling Chico. Can we call him Snarf? No. Can't oh, call him Snarf. It's more fun, though. Snarf, Snarf. <laughs> They're grilling Chico in the hospital because he yep. survived. Yeah. Uh, and he, we, he, it's clearly established Chico... Not that you made a big case for it before, but he is clearly not the brightest light in the no in the in the room. No, and now he's not going to give anything up either. He's yeah, mean. Chico, buddy, you fool, you silly, silly fool. Now we cut back to the mortician's office. Yep, and we find out that they have some manner of arrangement here. Yes, because <laughs> nobody humbles a man like gravity. Well, that and then. Yep. Just like all the others. You want you want this one just like all the others? Clearly the mortician disposes of Cottonmouth's yeah. business, business arrangements that have gone unfulfilled to the desire of Cottonmouth, yep. to use an excessively PC corporate term. He he, he remarks, you want, no, no one the, can ever know about this body. Do you and, want, do and, you want to know the most excessively, I'm sorry, just a little sidetrack here, the most excessively PC corporate terminology I've ever heard in my life? Go, go on. 
when I first got my job where I'm currently working right now, yeah. I was going through a like new hire orientation and everything. They were talking about, you know, if you screw up, instead of saying, you know, you're going to get fired or you're going to get you terminated. Know, yeah, something like that. They said it will be a cessation of the working relationship from the perspective of the employer. <laughs> it's such a legal crappy way to say it. I was it. like, wow. You can't even say you're going to fire someone nowadays. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That's so, yeah. Some lawyer. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. So, yeah, the mortician is under Cottonmouth's payroll to dispose of bodies. Yep. Never never even what existed. Body? What yep. body indeed. Uh, okay. So we're back so, at the hospital. And Luke and Misty. Luke and Misty. Now, a little bit frosty. Yes. Well, Misty's frosty. Luke. Luke's leaving the door open a crack. Maybe some more coffee. Well, she she's getting curious about Luke because as she remarks, yeah. you work for Cottonmouth and you work for Pop. Luke's all the this link stuff, between everything. Right. You're he's, kinda, he's the consistent between all these different situations. Even though he really isn't involved yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's he's kind of, not like his his involvement at this point is, is superficial at yeah. best. Yeah. But she's getting suspicious of why he is not injured as well, as we saw. Now, Luke, pulling a a black dynamite a little bit. Calm down, little girl. (laughs) Uh, Luke puts the moves on here. You know know where I I live. live. Bring the handcuffs this time. Uh Uh-huh. Luke's moved. Not that they would hold Luke, because, you know, once again, supreme strength and... It's not a matter. If it's not a matter of if they can. It's just a matter of he would wear them because you know that's what's going on. Maybe, maybe they're for Misty. Who am I to judge anyone's kink? It's not my not my place, man. So Luke uh, goes and visits Chico. Chico also knows Luke has powers. Yeah, Chico says hey, you're one of them. Yep, and just kind of leaves it at that because Luke is still kind of convincing Chico that he's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But Chico does relay the relationship between Black Mariah and uh, Cottonmouth. Yes, and says that Christmas Addicts is like the, the fallback for where all the money goes. Yep, and how Black how Mariah uh, uh, is like the public face. Yeah. and yeah, she yeah. So we get Chico. Chico gives the the breakdown. Everything filters into Christmas Addicts. Yep, and Chico knows all the ins and outs. Not all of them, but he knows yeah. a lot of them. He knows enough to get Luke headed in the right direction. Yep, Luke goes to work. He goes to work. Now, we get a little montage as yep. Luke is going to work. Luke is cracking heads and safes. He is. And, and he's leaving guns. the money. No, he's leaving the money. He doesn't want that money. Can I point out that, um, I'm not sure if we're, did I make a note of this? I'm not sure if we're at the part yet where he is doing it. Let's see. Yes, Luke has a really cool way with guns. Yeah, he just doesn't like them. He crushes them. Yep. I find this uh, pretty awesome. It's, it's an awesome visual to see him bend an AK-47 in half. Yeah. It's even cooler when he starts crushing handguns in his yep. hand. Can I also say that that's kind of a very uh, big symbolic yeah. gesture Especially with on the part of the show. On in the world today yeah. with the gun problems we have. Luke just, no. No. This is bad and this is stupid. Yeah. And he's crushing guns. I, I, yep. I like that. I like that too. Um, also, over this montage, I want to make a note. I don't want to forget this because this, okay. this, amu- this amuses me because the music in this show is tremendous. It is great. We got a great little band going on with a James Brown-esque gentleman singing. Yes, we'll, we'll say not James Brown. Not James Brown, but good song. Actually, okay. give me a moment. 
oh, while you're while you're Pull looking up this my, up, my phone because I do have the soundtrack. I believe the song is on the soundtrack. Can I uh, just remark on something that I found fun? Was that um, the 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 not James Brown gentleman uh, doing the work? Got moves, got yep. a voice, doing doing great. His band is the whitest band I've ever seen playing this that. kind of music. He's got like a hipster drummer. Yes, drummer. Everyone in the band, sir. <laughs> Their whole rhythm sex is white except for Jimmy. They are way too white to have that kind of <laughs> to have that kind of feel and soul. The uh, the My song God. the song is Ain't It a Sin and it's by Mr. Charles Bradley. Well, Charles, you, you doing the work. Good job. Your band for white guys, they're doing the work too. Yeah. Impressive. All right. Anyway, I had to point that out because I was... It, yeah, no, it's good. I, it I, was glaring, there sir. Were, there, was a great, there was a great song in the last episode. I kind of wish we had mentioned it. I kind of want to make a point to do that for the music because we've discussed how the music is so much character in this show, not just the orchestral score, which is reminiscent of like those great uh, 70s action films. Yeah. Um, the the band stuff like the the license stuff yeah. is also fantastic so i definitely want to make a point to mention that more i'll make a point on it later too um luke is is dealing with the safe houses meanwhile as that's going down uh after it goes down cottonmouth decides all right we got to fort we got hit yeah. we're fortifying christmas addicts yeah more gates more bars more guards more yeah. guns more walls inside yeah, and, the building uh, mariah is still slightly delusional Little about bit. what Christmas X is. Yeah. Like, she still is saying that it's going to be this project where for low-income housing and things like this, and Cottonmouth is just like, no, this is what our bank is. This is where, like, yeah. this is where you launder the money and everything. Yep. Um, this being There's my some dissension here. Yeah, this being my second time through the show. By the way, have you finished it yet? No. Dang it. Two episodes. Two to go. Two to go. Two to go. Oh, man. See, even the dogs are pissed at you for not finishing the, the series. I know. Um, this being my second time through the episode, I'm enjoying Black Mariah a lot more. It's a good performance. It's a great it's performance. A really, you appreciate it a lot more the second time around. Not saying I didn't like it the first time around, but I'm enjoying her character a lot more the second time around. All right. All right. Um, Scarf, by the way, knows that Misty and Luke got down. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, he just didn't know when. Now. And we get some background as to Misty and Pop. A little bit. A little bit of history as to why Misty got into basketball because of conversations because. Pop's, between Pop, Pop and, her, and her, father her father were tight. Yeah. And they're not Knicks fans, as we learned. No, she's a Celtics fan. A Celtics fan. Which well, is, no, correction. She's a Pistons fan. She's a Pistons fan. Her father was. Celtics fan. A Celtics fan. That's which, correct. Given that time in New York City, that's. I don't know basketball rivalry. Taking your life in your hand. Oh, okay. I'm not a. I don't know basketball. Well, I mean the or hockey. I, I get. Yeah, I'd no, I, I get it, you. The in the '80s, obviously the Celtics, uh, Lakers. Yeah, yeah, rivalry yeah, yeah. Was, that was, big. was in full effect. But ain't like the whole Boston New York thing. Everything oh, yeah. seeps down from Yankees Red Sox. And there's always that friction there and whatnot. Uh, back to the club where we Domingo struts in. Domingo. Uh, I have I have <laughs> a note can I, can here. I say something about Domingo. I have a comment about him. Go, 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 you go ahead. He has no neck. No neck whatsoever. They, they have that shot. He's walking in. He's he, got no neck. And he dresses, and I say this in a positive way, he dresses like he's walking out of a Zorro movie. As a villain. <laughs> Why it got to be a Zorro movie, man? Because uh, Zorro's awesome. Oh, okay. 
Just checking. Just saying. Just checking. Um, no, he's he's a well dressed man. He just like I'm like, you just walked out of Zorro movie, didn't you? Didn't you? But no, Domingo, uh, despite his not being very tall and not having a neck and not having a neck, <laughs> carries himself very well. Yeah, he has a good presence, and he also especially has a in this scene, he does, and not in the Sony PlayStation Twisted Metal type. No, of way. no, no, no. Like, literally, he likes Milky Way candy bars. Yeah. And he, Only half of them, though. Yeah, the other half he throws on the ground of the club yeah. with the rapper. Yeah. On more than one occasion. Yep. In other words, F your club and F you too. Yeah. The uh, the niceties between Conmouth and Domingo pretty much over yeah. at this point. Uh, let us not dwell on ceremony here, Cottonmouth. <laughs> and we also find out a Diamondback's name comes up again. Yes. He is the supplier of said guns. Yeah. So part of what Domingo's saying is kind of like, why am I going to you when uh-huh. I could just go to him? Yeah. Also, we find out after Dom leaves that he has declared war on Cottonmouth. Yep. All right. All right. Now. Here now, we go. Here we go. We're, we are at the front of the line for the roller coaster. The train is pulled up, and we're about to get in. And what better to listen to than going on a roller coaster than a little bit of Wu-Tang Clan? Yeah. Thinking it's a little too aggressive for you? No. It's not aggressive enough. That's, really? This is, my, this is one of my gripes with the show. It, the music or Luke's actions? The, the censored version of the song bothers me okay all right i don't it's again we came back to where are the lines on the show and there is that hard line on the f word so now it's affected the soundtrack and it it pulls me out of the moment now i'm not as familiar with the song as you are did they would the parts where the f word should have been dropped did they like kind of muffle it with sound effects they they repeat a word and it's it's kind of obvious, even if you don't know it. But once now, once I once you hear it, you cannot gotcha. hear it. Gotcha. Um, but Luke about to go to work. We're about to do that work. In fairness, though, yes, time for Luke to go to work. Yes. And Marvel loves hallways. The Netflix Marvel, yes, loves hallways. So we have a multi hallway fight. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Luke makes creative use, as I have noted here, of car doors and, and pipes that he pipes? rips right out of the wall. Yep. Walls, ceilings, he uses everything. Yeah. He is a uh, a battering ram going through a building. Yeah. And he's taking his sweet time doing it. Yeah. And he's not really affected by any of the idiots shooting guns at him. Yep. And really... just... It's one of those things, like, one of my friends mentioned the, the slight problem they had with the show is that none of the fights were challenging for Luke. No. And I'm like, I, that's not necessarily a problem for me because he's an extraordinary individual in this situation. Yeah. I'm where, fine with it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you want to see. You want to see the bad guys get beat down and have no chance because a lot of times that's the way they make us feel. So Luke's kind of making the bad guys feel the way they're, the bad guys' victims feel a lot. Just kind of helpless and there's nothing they can do. And coming up later in the show, spoilers, but in, yeah, in I mean, the middle episodes, Luke will face some hardship. Yeah, so. there's, they're good, they don't, he's not invincible throughout the whole no. show. Spoilers. Um. So he finds, he find he finally, after clearing the hit decks. Him, hit him with the couch. It's just, couch time. It's couch. He just hits them all with the couch and throws couch out the window. And then he finds the bank room, basically. Yes. And all those bags. Big old smile. Now, we had a weird transition once he finds the money. 
Misty. The, the Misty transition. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's doing that thing again. Doing the thing that makes us think we have she has powers, but she really doesn't. Right. Um she is and we find out as she is going through the scenario in her head that she is not a fan of vigilantes. No, we have a really interesting debate here between Misty and Scarf. A very reminiscent of not the movie Civil War, but the comic series Civil War. Sure. Whereas they're saying, okay, Misty is taking side that vigilante shouldn't be operating because they have no training. They, you know, they follow no rules, things like that. Scarf is saying, you know, we're so bogged down by rules. Maybe they're there's doing the right so thing. much we can't do. Yeah. Now, I think Scarf's argument is undercut a bit by the next scene. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because um, he meets Chico out somewhere. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed by this. I was liking Scarf. And um, he kills Chico. Yeah, Spoilers. then he gives Chico a scarf. Yeah, around the neck. A yeah. L- little too tight. A mm, little tight. A little tight. You're, you're choking him. Chico oh, dead. he's dead. Chico dead. Chico's dead. Now, after Cage has looted the Christmas Attics building. Well, he didn't loot it. Yeah, he didn't take all of it. Took one bag. He just took like one bag. And left the rest for the cops. Yeah. Mariah and Cottonmouth are furious. Yes. Cottonmouth is breaking everything left and right. The Mariah gets in the action. Cottonmouth yells at her saying it's not hers to break. Yeah. Well, come on now. It's his club, technically. Yep. Uh, Scarf shows up at the club. Yeah. And he's got Cottonmouth's info. Swinging. We find out that Scarf is under Cottonmouth's payroll. Yep. And he says, kill Chico for you. You're welcome. Go go to the trunk and get him. And by the way, I know where Luke Cage lives. And he's the one that did all this. Yep. All right. Dang it, Scarf. Luke comes back to the barbershop, drops the money to Bobby. Can I make a... I made a note here about the money. I understand shows like this have budget. Yeah. Sometimes you have to shortcut things. Yeah. That was some of the fakest I, looking yeah, money yeah, yeah, I have yeah. ever seen. I noticed it in another episode. For a second too. there, I thought it was like Canadian money. <laughs> I was like, what is this Monopoly bull? Maybe in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, money looks different. And is like three times bigger than it is in the real world. I, I, yeah. I That just kind of took me out of the scene. I was like, what the? I did that the first time I saw it, too. Yeah, I know. It's not, this is not the first scene What's that's done Taiwanese that, actually. money? What are, what, are we, what are we spending here? So, yeah. I, I, I'm with you, man. Um, but yeah, but now Luke has... You can keep the barbershop open now. Yep. Even though neither of them are barbers, as they know. Yeah. No. But I'm they'll cross that bridge. Sure, they're they, competent in being able to hire. They'll figure hours. it out. Yep. So we're with Genghis Khanis. Genghis Khanis. Your Luke favorite Chinese pun. Ever. Luke's hungry. Luke hungry. He pays back Genghis Khani. Plus some. Plus some. And we have a very touching moment between Luke and Genghis Khani. Yep. Um, and then Cottonmouth. In my, not, um, not known for his subtlety. My, my notes, Carl. Oh, let me, let me take a look. My here. notes. Uh, we can't say that word on the air. Okay. Uh, Conmouth has a, a, I will edit for you, a, a gosh darn bazooka. You'll know bazookas in capitals. I, I, believe, <laughs> I believe bazooka is an inadequate description. Okay. Um, I think it is more along the lines of stinger missile. Yes. If, if Call of Duty has taught me anything. Okay. I don't believe bazookas, quote unquote, are really used anymore in the military. All right. Um, but yeah, Conmouth. Fires a stinger missile into Connie's. 
That's mean. Yeah. That's rude. And that's where we end. Yep, that's where we end. And as always, that's where we will end this episode of The Devil's Dude. Slow down. Did a good episode, bad episode? Yeah, it was a good episode. I liked it. Okay, me too. It was too. good. It yeah. was good. Um, it was good not to be like so jam-packed with stuff. Less, uh, there was definitely less um, ex- it was exposition It was not here. as thick. No, not less exposition Which, and yeah, more, more action. More action. Really, it was perfect time for it, too. Kind of shifting the pacing was welcome. It was at that point in the show, although I will tell you uh, the way, based on my observations of where the show goes for the next few episodes. Yeah, they're, they're ebbs and valleys. Yeah. But not, we'll get to that. Yeah. In the meantime, if, no. If I, there's one thing you could say against the show, it's pacing issues. Yeah, but a lot of Marvel um, shows are actually uh, getting hit with that. Yeah. Oh, it came out today that uh, Defenders, eight episodes. Um, yep. Eight? Eight. I don't like that. Eight. I think it's... Hey, I think it's fine. Here's why. Can I have... Just... Know, we just said pacing... hour and a half Pacing... Episode? We just said pacing issues were a thing. <laughs> I think you keep it tight. Have all, all right. the... I mean... All okay, roads converge to Defenders and we go. It worked with Stranger Things. Maybe it can work with this. They also mentioned uh, Jessica Jones season two. Every episode will be... Directed by a woman. Directed by a woman. All right. <coughs> Easy. Then. So... That's it. That's your Marvel Netflix uh, that brings us, stinger at the end. Yeah. That's our, that's our post-credit <laughs> sequence that's right our, there. Literally a stinger. If, dear listener, you would like to contact us, share some thoughts with us about this episode, or send some questions our way, suggestions for the show, please, by all means, do so at the following. You can reach us at Twitter at the devil, at Devil's Due Pod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can... Email us at thedevilsdupod at gmail.com or all these resources are available to you at our website at thedevilsdupodcast.com. Drew. Yes. Any parting thoughts? I have none. Um, We'll see you next week. All right. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, court is adjourned.